Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Debunking Economics podcast. Today, Australians can no longer turn to Facebook for news, and the Australian government isn't very happy about it. Facebook... Sanctions were unnecessary. Sanctions. They were heavy-handed, and they will damage its reputation here in Australia. Of course, it is largely the Australian government's fault. They want publishers to be able to charge Facebook when links are published to news content on other sites, even though those links drive traffic to those news sites. Why should Facebook pay for that? Today, we look at the broader question of who does pay for journalism. What is the model that will ensure that too much power doesn't stay in one place? And Steve has an idea on that. I'm not sure I entirely agree with him, though, so you'll have to decide. This week on the Debunking Economics podcast with Steve Keen, I'm Phil Dobby. But what today's events do confirm for all Australians is the immense market power of these media digital giants. These digital giants loom very, very large in our economy and on the digital landscape. That is the Australian Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, castigating Facebook for daring to block access to Australian news sites from their platform. For Australians wanting to access any news content from Facebook or from Facebook users the world over wanting to access Australian news content. So if you want to discuss a story on Facebook with your friends and you'd normally post a link to a news page like in the Sydney Morning Herald, well, you can't do that now because the Australian government... With the support of the Murdoch Press, it's fair to say, want Facebook to pay for these links. It seems Australians are divided on the issue on Twitter and on Facebook. It does look like Facebook generally are seen as being the bad guys, though not the government, which I find a bit strange. But there are two stories here. One is who ultimately pays for news. And also the second story, the power of social media and the fact that Facebook can just turn all this off has shown that the power they have, that they can yield. Facebook has uh, unfriended Australia in other words. Although you can, of course, still post pictures of cats and puppies and what you had for dinner last night. So Facebook's back to its original uh, look and feel. So, Steve, surely Facebook is in the right here, aren't they? I mean, why should they pay for a link to a newspaper? If, if it's a link that I, as a Facebook user, has chosen to share with my friends, it's just me sharing information, isn't it? Why should Facebook pay for that? Yeah, well, it is, but the problem for the newspapers, it's their their bloody fault, and that is because they've actually not worked out a way to make money out of that link unless you sign up to their subscription service. So, like, I, I, I regularly read Bloomberg, for example. I read the Sydney Morning Herald, New York Times, Guardian, blah, 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 and then for three of those, I actually pay. So I pay, and I know I'm going to get some complaints from left-wingers and right-wingers about paying for the Guardian, but I put in five five quid a month for The Guardian, about $5 a, a month for Sydney Morning Herald and about the same for The New York Times. And that's my own personal contribution to journalism because I sincerely believe we need a decent 
um, basis in journalism, and we certainly haven't got it today. Mm. But what we should be going on is um, there should be either a micropayment system. So if you get linked from um, you know, Facebook and you get sent to a, a page in um, uh, the, the Scottish Independent, then if you read the article, there should be a micropayment to the Scottish Independent, which they should have organised themselves somehow, and they never have. Mm. And it, it's the failure of the, of the uh, media... Uh, giants in general. Well, it's because they're all acting independently, sensible. isn't it? That's the that's the yeah. problem. So they all want to have yeah. their own subscription method. I'm with you. So I, I I pay to I don't know four or five. Of course, I'm more constant in the media than you are. So I've got to be mm-hmm. across it all. So I subscribe to four or five papers, and even that's not enough. It annoys me that I might have to subscribe to a, to another couple. It cost me an absolute fortune to subscribe to all of these. Mm. But uh, if there was, uh, and so fairly often when I see a link, I get through because I'm already a subscriber to that to that newspaper. But sometimes, like, I don't subscribe to news uh, publications in in Australia. So if I get a link to the Australian, often I can't see it. Um, whereas it's an advantage, isn't it? It is a big advantage these days, absolutely. But I mean, uh, but so your point is, well, actually, if they were smart, I would have subscribed to some sort of system that would say. Eva, I'm going to look at a page. I just pay for that page, irrespective of the, if, if that publisher is a m- member of this group of newspapers uh, and I've agreed to that, then I just pay on a page basis. Is that what you, that's, that's your thinking? Something of that nature. I mean, I, like I've, I've been involved in various schemes trying to bring about some sort of micropayment system for media over the last 20 or 30 years. And the only one that I've uh, continued with is a, a system called INKL, I-N-K-L, uh, so I pay 15 bucks a month for Inkle as well. And that, that aggregates about 40 or 50 newspapers, but it packages it, it itself in its own, its own system. You can get straight access to, say, for example, the New York Times through that, um, some other sites as well. Mm. But a lot of them you've just got to choose, except what Inkle then does the aggregation around. Now, what I'd rather have, and this brings us down to the whole philosophical issue, which has been totally stuffed up here, uh, should this be a, a public utility or should it be private? Okay. Now, what we're getting uh, with this crazy system here where Facebook wants to keep itself um, private and the newspapers themselves want to keep themselves private. So, bang, what do we get? This crazy ban by the Australian government followed by a ban by Facebook on the crazy Australian government. What instead, if we had a you know something like what the BBC does so badly, you know, you pay your license fee to be able to watch the BBC, which uh, I'm getting, I'm, you know, I was getting more and more aggravated about that when I was in the UK. But it applied to every last media group. So you uh, paid a, a, a certain amount of, you know, a trivial amount of money per story, maybe something approximating the BBC license fee per year in total, and then when you clicked on a particular link and then went and read it, the amount of time you spent reading it reading it was the, the, determined the proportion of your total money that went to that particular hmm. journalist. No. All right, we again. Can actually, we yeah. can actually cite, not your media group as well. I mean, there is the, the, the role I see for, for newspapers is bringing together a sensible group of journalists to work in, in a, a cohesive way on a range of issues and bring a flavour to a particular media outlet or uh, you know, a real focus, like a research team working together on something, you know, I don't know, like like, like a random break into the hotel, let's call it Watergate. Um, so, so, so you need that service that journalism and newspapers provide. Mm. Uh, but the way to go about it now, given the fact that we now are reading news off the entire planet and 
and and and you and you don't subscribe. To, you're not reading one newspaper, you're reading a hundred or one hundred and fifty over a month. Uh, is to have it as a public service, not a private system. But how would that work? You'd have to pay. You have to pay. If, like in the, in the UK, if you want to watch the BBC, hmm. and God knows why, except for Richard Attenborough, you want to watch the BBC. Um, Richard, you've you got to pay. How much, how much do you pay for the BBC? Richard Attenborough the UK? Oh, an extortionate amount of money. Yeah, it so, is. Yeah, it is for, an extortionate uh, amount of money. Increasingly, it's not value for money. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, yeah. um, we're all, pay, we're all paying for stuff we don't watch. Yeah, but if instead that amount of money was something you paid to accept media in a particular country, hmm. uh, and then that then also meant it was media wherever you happen to read this stuff. So you might put, let's say, let's say, I mean, to take a, let's say a quid a month, a quid a, a, quid a week, so 50 quid, 100 US dollars, that sort of level. You pay that um, as, as part of your, um, you know, licence fee for media access in general. Uh, and then that money uh, was the amount that you that you um, uh, of your hundred, yeah. the yeah. amount of money would go to different media groups and different journals, right, right. which what, depend upon. Why does it have to be provided yeah. on a public basis? Why don't? Why, why wouldn't it just be smarter? Well, look, look what's happening with doing it on a private basis. Well, yeah, well, yeah, because okay, news, that's because, my point. Because newspapers aren't talking to each other. I mean, if if the, if, news, right. if newspapers yeah. agreed, if there was a system, somebody like, and here's an opportunity, really, isn't it, for for an entrepreneur somewhere in in the midst of all of this to say. Okay, if you, you you pay a certain amount, whether it's five five pounds a month, ten pounds a month, twenty pounds a month, or whatever, and within that you get access to uh, a certain number of pages, and obviously it gets it's the, the the aggregate increase. You know the way pricing for stuff works. You pay a little bit more, you get a lot more. So you'd increase the number of pages you can you can access just by paying a few quid more on top of a you know, on top of the plan you, you're currently on. So you you know it's, it can be a commercial model in that it's always trying to upgrade you to consume more. And then that consumption is shared amongst the, uh, the the various pages that you visit, and the uh, the success of this would be based on the number of uh, of partners uh, that you you draw into this. The danger is, of course, they're going to say, which is what's happening now, which is probably why this has not happened. Well, no, we want exclusivity. We want our readers to stick with us and not be uh, spreading themselves around various publications. That's 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 well, what we're competing against. Rock, do better journalism. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the, the irony I find about this is that the people who are the most, you know, prolific advocates of a free market system, and uh, mm. the person I'm thinking first name starts with R, I think it's, mm. is, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it Roger? Roger, 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 Roger. Roger Moffat. No. R- 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 yeah, yeah, R- yeah, I know, yeah. Ruffet, R- R- it's Australian. Think of Ruse. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Rue Muffet. Okay, Rue, so Rue Muffet. Oh, I thought you were thinking uh, of Murdoch, sorry. I am Murdoch. Oh, That's he's the in Murdoch, is it? Okay. It's a while since I read one of his papers. Um, uh, but, you know, Rupert wants us to stick all the stuff with private and its rival with other groups and takeovers and all this yeah. animosity. And you know the level of hostility in the media to other media groups. Um, uh, in Australia, and, particularly, yeah. And, and yet they, they're, they, they've got a system uh, which completely fails. And consequently, you know, if you remember the Sydney Morning Herald from the Saturday Sydney Morning Herald, uh, from 30 years ago, you needed a truck to bring it inside your house because it weighed so much. There mm. were, you know, seven sections and et cetera, et cetera. And now it's down to something which actually floats in through the window. It's so light. <laughs> so they've been on a, on a losing wicket for the last 30 years, and they still haven't got to the stage now of, of, a, of a successful um, campaign. And what I see with people's responses to media these days, like the fact that I happily go on Russia today, for example, I'm seen as being a Putin puppet because I do that. 
Um, no, uh, <laughs> Russia Today has vacuumed up many of the high-quality journalists who got sacked by the media groups because they could no longer afford their salaries, and and then they work as independent contractors, giving a level of legitimacy to Vlad, sure, but meaning you actually get the sort of calibre journalism out of Russia Today that you don't get out of, for example, I don't know, the New York Times or... Well, that, uh, and that is because because it's state-funded. I mean, obviously, there's things that you can't talk about on Russia yeah. Today, I suspect, but because it's yeah. state-funded, they haven't got the same commercial model. But look, with the, and the, that's uh, the thing. Yeah. The, the problem when yeah. you've got uh, the idea that okay, well, if you pay a certain amount and then um, you know you you just get you, you pay per click per page, you're not getting over the big problem that, that we've got with the media in in uh, in this day of social media is that it becomes a race for the clicks, and then that that isn't quality journalism. So Russia Today is doing okay because you're not having to worry about those clicks so much. Everyone else mm. is, and even if you had a, a system where you tried to drive micropayments, everyone would still be trying to maximise their micropayments by giving you headlines and stories that they know are going to get the most clicks, which are not necessarily what's best for society. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get away from that problem. And the same thing applied in the media itself, you know, news of the world and things like that, for mm. example. Yeah. You know, some new idea, or as, as, I, as I preferred it, satire in Australia was no, no, no idea. idea. I've got no idea, have you? Yeah. Um, you know, um, so it, you can't get away from that. And we might as well accept that it's going to be part of any system. But we need to get something which still gets money to, towards you know, it makes it possible that quality journalism can survive because the death of quality journalism is why we have this obsession about Russia Today and, and other uh, national media groups because, as you say, they are the ones who have a business model that means they don't need to worry about the, the revenue stream. Well, let's just get just bring the two together and, and create... Uh, uh, you can do it at a, at, a, at a domestic level as well, but a system that lets people pay a certain amount of, of money um, and as you said, there can be levels in it as well. And then their access to this aggregation system uh, means they can access the New York Times or the Times of London or the Hindustani Times or whatever else they find an interesting article in. And the payment they make by the click partially goes to the newspaper group and partially goes to the journalist. So what would you say for state broadcasters then, like the like the BBC, that they are, and, you know, obviously they're publishing websites as well. Maybe TV and video is a different thing, but maybe not. Maybe it's the, the same model applies. Uh, but but what about publishers like the BBC then? They would just be the well, same, they, they as, they'd be up, the same as everybody else. They'd just be fighting. Except, for, except that, you know, they wouldn't be putting up paywalls to their front page. I mean, you're still going to get newspaper groups wanting to have their own, you know, dedicated bunch of subscribers for the people just in their area. So because newspapers are, are a local phenomenon as well as covering global news, sometimes they'll want to have, you know, the Sydney Morning Herald subscription group or The Age, uh, you know, New York Times, et cetera, et cetera, Bangkok Post. Um, and, and they'll have this. They, they can then go ahead with their paywalls mm. um, for, for direct access, but you can get the indirect access at a click per view, which partially supports the journalist and partially supports the media group. And I guess, you know, if we were interested in public broadcasting, you could say, well, okay, the government is going to, I mean, you'd, you'd whittle down the, the level of uh, content which is uh, supported by the government from the BBC so that they focus on market failure, the gaps that are commercially difficult to produce, like those David Attenborough documentaries, for example, and then say, well, okay, mm. uh, we're going to help you to support, to produce those, and uh, you'll issue those for free. You can do other stuff as well, like your more general news, for example, or other entertainment content, 
uh, but you're in the same game as everybody else there. You're going to be on the pay-per-click or pay-per-view model. Uh, and and maybe they could the government could say, and to ensure that there's more of a level playing field, we are going to kick... I think that this is what you were saying before. We're going to kick-start those accounts. We'll give everyone £10 a month towards these clicks and plays, which could be for BBC content or it could be for something produced by independent producers or by mainstream producers. It's, it's up to you what you watch, and the government's going to help you at the beginning of that just to uh, jolly the industry along a little bit. To some degree. And and then that means you've got, uh, you know, a, a, well, I think we've seen that what misinformation does, and like it's not just, you know, obviously governments under accused of misinformation. That's where the, the, Vlad effect, the Vlad effect comes up so frequently. But obviously, the Murdoch media groups in the States have been responsible for immense misinformation. Mm. Ditto in Australia, uh, ditto in the UK. Um, so you, you, want, you want to get to the stage where there's quality rather than misinformation is the rule. At the moment, misinformation dominates. Uh, this would be a, a way at least of <laughs> enabling a quality journalism that used to exist to some reasonable degree back in the 60s, 70s and 80s mm. to bring that back. So and what you're what saying miss. on this, you, this micropayment model, uh, it wouldn't apply to articles that, what, you don't agree with? <laughs> no, would, would any, anything you read, you'd be paying for. Right. Okay. 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 So how's it, how's it going to stop the misinformation then? So, 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 and you're right. Australia, Sky News in Australia, is mm. abhorrent. It's as bad as any. It's as bad as Fox News, possibly worse, in that there are still climate change deniers occupying primetime TV there, talking about how it's all a load of hogwash. Uh, and similarly, you know, COVID deniers, even vaccine deniers. Mm. I mean, they're all there on uh, on Sky News Australia. And um, but I don't know as this this idea that you pay for uh, to to view and you know because it could apply equally to TV as it does to the press, couldn't it? it could be saying, well, okay, you don't it's want to any see- media any media whatsoever could be. It's just saying that the, the, this what we've got here is an attempt by the Australian government to force one private group to pay money to another private group yeah. to get around a public about ac- a, a problem about access to information. But I don't know, do, I don't know how it improves. I don't know how it improves the quality of journalism because you're still going down that pay per click road. In fact, it could potentially make it even worse. No, I, I think the paper click um, at the mo- at the moment, yes, it's well. This is it's a calibre. The, the overall quality of what you can get's gone down in general. That's my main issue. Mm. I mean, if, if if you go thirty years ago, I used to subscribe to the Australian. It had some damn good journalists inside yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and shame. even the Daily Telegraph. I mean, one of my uh, one of my <laughs> best friends uh, is was an is an ex Daily Telegraph journalist who got into the whole issue of debt deflation mm. and has remained a friend ever since and did some really high quality stuff on the Sunday Telegraph. Um, so what I'm trying to do is strengthen the journalist against the media groups uh, because what we've got now is is the media groups become playthings of the moguls and of course the most obvious mogul is Rupert Murdoch and that's a large part of why I think this whole thing has come about in the first place in Australia. Yeah, for sure. Is, yeah, dominance yeah. over the Liberal Party there. Yeah. Uh, and, and the fear and the, and, the, and the cowardice of the Labor Party in confronting Murdoch, which is another issue I'm sure. Um, so we're getting the worst of both worlds, one private group being forced to work with another private group by the government. Why not just establish access to information as a, as a public utility in the same sense that you know, power should be a public utility? Hello, Texas. Um, and and mm. we then, the way, in a sense, it is actually like an electronics, electrical supplier model in that sense, some of the, living out some of the worst aspects that has been done in the electricity market. But you would, 
your your you hopefully have some media groups trying to attract you by quality research. Yeah, back to back to the eighties, effectively. So, uh, back to the future. There was a uh, and maybe the idea of publicly funding some journalists. I'm not. I'm trying to think this through. But when I my short spell at working for the BBC, I was amazed. Uh, and it seems such a it, it really didn't work. But the BBC was trying to improve local journalism, not just on radio, but they also the BBC was paying for local journalists in local newspapers as well. In other words, they were subsidized. It seemed to, at, the, at the time because this, I saw the stories that were coming out, which were absolutely hopeless. Uh, it seemed like a complete waste of of. Uh, taxpayers or uh, uh, the people paying for TV licenses to also be paying for journalists outside the BBC. It just seemed nuts. But mm. maybe there's an idea that rather than just putting all the money into the BBC, the government actually did say, well, okay, let's also have a, a journalist fund for journalism that is just not commercially viable, uh, but is worthwhile. And, uh, and we will help to uh, – so that, for example, you didn't pay per click for that content. And, uh, you know, maybe there are algorithms to try and help. So if there are things that uh, maybe this is dangerous because then you get the government involved in choosing the news agenda. But maybe there's uh, maybe that beyond the commercial model. I'm, I'm just trying to find out if there's a way beyond if we if we if we're using online for good rather than for evil, there's a way that you can help promote content that needs discussion like your stuff, for example. I mean, this podcast would benefit, I think, if we had 10 times the audience and we uh, we wouldn't be doing that for the money. We, we might improve just, our quality, you mean? Yeah, we might, <laughs> we might actually get better at it if we knew more people were listening. But also, you know, just the discussions that we have on this podcast, I think, are often very good. Well, in fact, always very good for society. <laughs> Always. Always very good for society. And, uh, you know, and we would benefit from a bigger audience and more people understanding what we're talking about. Rather but, than having to have a $10 per month paywall ourselves. For which we have to do to try and uh, make ends meet for both of us. And, so, so and, and thank you to the subscribers we have. Do that. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. we'd rather you didn't and we had a much bigger audience. And I'm sure you would rather that was the case as well. But the commercial reality is we can't afford to do that because, because uh, you know, we have to eat. Basically, you've got to research and pay for researchers, and I've got to put mm. uh, food on my kids' table. So I hope you and we come. We come back to the <laughs> that's why you're paying regarding in, in access to information as a utility, in the same sense the roads are a utility. Mm. Um, and and so what we but you know mm. the, the, model, the model partially is, is the idea of having you the government pays for the roads. Um, the the cars on the road are effectively your choice of which media group to listen to. And you have a combined system like that where the state provides the infrastructure uh, for access to information. And then information you access depends upon your own interests. And those interests then determine how much money goes to the different organisations. Right. But underneath all of that, when they're providing the infrastructure, you've got an algorithm there. So you're saying the state controls the algorithm. And that's a really dangerous thing, isn't it? Well, I mean, publish the algorithm. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, I mean, mm. I'm no great fan of Bitcoin, as you know, uh, in terms of it being a system of money. Forget that. It's a great speculative vehicle. Mm. Uh, but the whole idea about a public ledger is is part of what Bitcoin has shown. And so in the same sense, if you, I mean, for example, let's go to, a, being very domestic here, mentioning a lot of Australian examples, but the, the, the total rorts over the um, um, <clears throat> uh, government funds for bushfire relief and government funds for sporting facilities where almost all the money goes to Liberal Party um, seats. 
for both. I mean, the Blue Mountains, I mean, most people around the world would know that would have an idea of what the Blue Mountains means in, in New South Wales, mm. almost burnt to a crisp and yep. got virtually no money because it's a Labor electorate. Um, so you publish the stuff. And again, it's possible to have bureaucratic standards that get in, in the way of biases like that. Um, again, again, the Australian electoral, again, back to Australia again, the electoral commission in Australia, the similar thing in New Zealand. Um, these systems uh, with, with the set of rules where the bureaucrats are applying them on sound gra- grounds mean that you get a, you know, a far better electoral system in Australia than America, for example. Um, you, you can put up rules like this that work even though it's a public institution and, and pay Macy, making these things visible and something you can complain about to an ombudsman in that they're necessary, then I think that might limit uh, any dangers of state control. Mm. Well, you've got an ombudsman like uh, the you know the, the the various press controls, the press ombudsman doesn't work very well in any country, really. You know, no, um, no. it's because uh, it because it is you know your word against theirs. There's always a counter argument. But administrative ombudsmen work quite well, mm. having had personal experience with them. Yeah, so, but but media uh, is more because it's a, you know it, there's news versus opinion, and the divide is. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking more about if you're able to show there's an obvious bias and how the money's been allocated. Mm. Uh, you know, to, to if you, if you had an incredibly um, distortion between the distribution of, of votes for particular political parties, say Republican versus Democrat in America, and the money going for the media system, where it's Republican leaning versus Democratic leaning, then you can use one as an indicator of bias in the other. And of course, at the moment, I mean, in the United States media is so heavily dominated by the Murdoch uh, end of the spectrum that obviously you'd find massive, you know, the, the private money is massively going towards the, the Rupert end of the spectrum. And, and not towards the Bernie end of the spectrum. Hmm. So you, you you have you have ways to to, to give a metric on whether this is being used for state control or for particular p- political party benefit or not. But it's certainly going to be better than what we're getting right now, where people in Australia can't even click on a link to the local newspaper yeah, this and is, send it to a friend. Uh, yeah, no, but that is a different that, that is a, d- a different issue, isn't it? Really, look what what is happening there, and the reason why you can't share an article on Facebook and and Facebook are quite right on this. This is because of this legislation that. They're trying to introduce in Australia that says if social media links provides a link to a newspaper article, social media should pay for that link. And Facebook is saying what? So if somebody wants to share an article in the Sydney Morning Herald and wants to discuss it on Facebook, which is what the Facebook platform is is all about. It's all about discussion and sharing ideas. We should pay the Sydney Morning Herald because people are clicking through to go to their site. Forget that. And this obviously is, which is different to, for example, if you are a social media platform like Google that might have a Google news page where you aggregate content uh, and and people are, uh, are going to that page rather than going to the newspaper because they're seeing enough of that content, uh, then, that's, then that is getting free content. They're two very different stories, aren't they? So Facebook, quite right. They're saying, well, no, we're not going to play this game. Google are... Google are yeah. in negotiations. I wonder whether Google will turn back now and say, well, now Facebook's done that. Yeah, forget forget our negotiations. We're going to take you on too. And and I don't know how the Australian government comes out. How, how do they back out of this? I mean, they're playing the... Uh they're playing it tough and saying, uh, how dare you? But um, ultimately... I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll just continue. In, in Australia, you just can't access content through Facebook. And, um, but it's... A, it's the, the whole reason behind it, as you're saying, is that Murdoch is such a dominant force there 
he wants to get some extra money. And this money would go to Murdoch, not to the journalists who work for Murdoch. Again, this is the other thing that I don't like about this model, mm. uh, that it, the cash goes directly to the, you know, the, to the company, whereas we have a model where there was a, you know, a, a public access to media anywhere in the world paid for partially by the, the governments themselves, partially by a fee paid by private individuals. Uh, then when, when you clicked on, the money would go partially to the journalists, partially to the news organisation. Um, you would you would have, a, I think, a more effective financing system. You get more money for the, for the media, hopefully be able to finance decent journalism once more. Whereas at the, the moment, this is just, it's just showing you they're using the wrong philosophy. They can't get their heads out of everything has to be privatised. Mm. And like also, like this, this whole, one, one particular thing about Australia uh, is the dominance of neoclassical thought in its government policy. And this thing called the, uh, what's called the Australian Competition and uh, Cons- Consumer Commission, ACCC, yeah. whatever they call yeah. themselves these days. Okay. They believe everything should be like a, a, um, a competitive market. And the thing is, when you get things like search engines or social media pages like Facebook, there's an incredible network effect. It's, it's the classic example of the network effect is the telephone. One telephone is not particularly useful. You need at least two. Yeah. And then the more people who use them, the more useful there are. So ultimately, we all end up on one network. Yeah. If you had 20 uh, different had- Facebooks, it wouldn't work because you'd be saying, which Facebook yeah, exactly. are you on? Oh, I'm on Facebook 18. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm on yeah. 17. We can't talk. Yeah, exactly. You That's need right. To- yeah. 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 So you need something which is a, which is a global scheme. And in that case, I'm sorry, you've got to, you've got to think in terms of a, either a government institution or a commercial entity where, where all the players are part of that commercial entity, mm. a cooperative of some sort. And then you have the... Uh, then you then you have your payment system sitting on top of the either cooperative you know, it'd be a, I mean, a cooperative slash government scheme. The advantage of the government scheme to some extent is wherever you go from click to click, like, you know, we wouldn't need to subscribe to find ourselves getting revenue from the system. If you have to have a a, a collective system yeah. that actually slows but my it down concern, to some degree. But my concern is, and and you know how it is, you know how the game works. I you can double or quadruple the audience for an article with the headline. Uh, the more sensational you make it, the more you're going to drive an audience. And look, stick a question mark at the end of something. So if you, um, uh, you know, you could, the, if you were to publish an article saying the world is going to end in five days, then obviously that is purely false. If you were to publish an article saying, is the world going to end in f- five days, question mark, uh, and then you, you publish an article that says, no, actually, there's no reason to suggest that. In fact, the, the world is going to survive for another 10 billion years or whatever it might be. Uh, the fact that you've turned that headline around means you're going to get more clicks because people go, oh, what? The world's going to end in five days? I need to read this. Uh, and that's the way it works. Just stick a question mark around and, t- and t- t- turn the proposition around. And you get an audience, and that's that's. Are you sure? That, that's yeah. It's a trick of the game. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah but, but at the same at the same time, how long do you spend on that page once you realise you've been conned? Yeah. The trouble is, we've got there's so much you know fake news. People are actually enjoying being conned these days. The whole QAnon nonsense. And it gets shared. Last, yeah. And the problem uh, is, people share it without looking at it as well. You know. Yeah. But, the, it, but if, yeah. <laughs> but if you can, the reason you don't look at it is you've got a paywall stopping you looking at the newspaper after. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So if you if you get we get rid of the paywall syndrome. Yeah. Uh, but my concern, then, my concern is, and I, mm. I hear where you're going, but my concern is, and maybe that's a bit of an extreme example, but you've got in the the beauty of uh, journalists working for a newspaper is that, uh, and this might be an old-fashioned view, that that journalist uh, knows that 
that they've got their their pay assured at least for the next week and they know mm. that they can concentrate on delving into stories if you are if you if you're going down a where everyone's independent it's a pay-per-click model then really your skill isn't in journalism in terms of unearthing a story it really is uh, a skill in terms of how do you maximize the click audience which then gets down know, to things I'm, like I'm, keyword I distribution want, I want to have I want to have money going both to the journalist and the and the newspaper. Right, not okay. not just one or the other, but but uh, but I see like for example, Michael West has established a very good service. You know, being kicked off the Sydney Morning Herald, he's now got his own uh, daily uh, uh, daily newsletter. Um, so you do have people who get driven out and they can still survive. But I'm fundamentally thinking of trying to rebuild the newspapers of the eighties and uh, well the seventies and eighties when you had quality journalism. Uh, such as which gave us the, the Watergate discovery and so on, uh, such as gave us the Pentagon Papers, so on and so forth, and, and enormous exposés of government wrongdoing as well as um, uh, you know, the, the local you know, news stories, trying to rebuild that, get their revenue model up and strengthen, in that case, the journalists as part of it. Because you know, if you go back again, as my experience with the Australian newspaper in the, in the 70s and 80s, you had some calibre journalists there who weren't completely uh, kowtowed and, 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 and awed by Murdoch. They could write their own thing. Now, as the revenue has fallen, the, the power of the media miracles has actually risen. And these people are, and that, that's why people have got the negative attitude towards, you know, some of the other state broadcasters. Um, it, it's the worst of both worlds. And this is, this is pushing us further down that same failed philosophy of privatise everything. Mm. Let's make the access public and then the private provider providers compete on that and hope that in so doing you, you get the revenue stream that lets us rebuild decent journalism. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I'm, I'm not quite sure how we're going to promote this. I'm wondering whether which headline are we going to use on this? So I've got uh, Steve Keen discusses the implications of the Facebook ban. That's uh, that could be one. Uh, we might get a few people uh-huh. clicking on that. Facebook uh-huh. ban marks the death knell of journalism. Question mark? No, just the exclamation mark, I think, on that. Uh, uh, Yeah, or journalism is dead. The Australian government killed it. Uh, which one is would get the most people listening in, do you reckon? Well, I wanted to try three and see which one works out. <laughs> <laughs> to a click analysis. My point, though, you know, you know the last two. I know, I know. The last it, two, it, it are, you know, perfect, yeah, more people listening it, than the first one. That, and that's the, it, it, yeah, that, it, that, yeah. that, that is the problem that we're still not, we're, we're still not overcoming. And that, and that, that, yeah. that is because that is human behavior. How do you fight, hum, how can you fight human behavior so that they, for, for the good of humanity, uh, Maybe that's the headline. <laughs> I don't know how we sort this out, Steve, but it is going to be very interesting to watch what the hell happens in this battle between uh, the Australian government and Facebook. I, I mean, you would have thought. I mean, if Facebook if Facebook are not going to step back on this, and the Australian government are not going to step back on this. So mm, is yeah. it just going to be the case that now, from now on, if you want to discuss anything that's going on in the world and you're in Australia, you can't do it on Facebook anymore? Maybe the, the mm. Greens apparently suggested. On, by the way, just as a final point on this, because we because what yeah. we haven't talked about is is how it relates to Google, who are trying to find a, a middle line with the with the Australian government. Because Google were mm. of course saying, "Well, we're just going to pull out of Australia." Completely. Uh, and then yeah. the government, to which the Australian government said, "Well, that's fine. We'll all just go and use Bing." So why would that be any different? Because Bing also aggregate news in the same way that uh, that the Google does, and also you know provide their search engine not as effective. Uh, mm. Why you know why would you take that that step? So the Greens then said, "Well, perhaps the government could provide its own search engine." What do you think of that idea? Mm. 
just for well, Australia, Dev- devised by the government. Uh, anybody who's, I think, uh, you know, in, in the, philosophically, there might be an argument for it, but anyone who's tried to navigate the Australian tax office website will know the idea that the, uh, uh, the government does anything online is going to be a disaster. Yeah, and equally the UK's uh, wrong, uh, in, in mm. vaccination and uh, uh, COVID control is another instance of that. Yeah, um, I, I agreed. But we, what I'm saying is we, we have to... We, the, I think the only way out of this impasse is not the way Australia and Facebook and Google are fighting, but something that treats the actual access and use as a public utility. Yeah, yeah. Agreed on that. All right, very good. Uh, lively discussion. Good to talk, Steve. Catch you soon. Okay. Okay, mate. Bye. Now, next time, consumers in the UK paid off £16.6 billion in debt last year. That will have contributed significantly to the slowdown in the economy. So as though that money comes out of bank accounts, is the Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey right that the economy is like a coiled spring ready to bounce back? Or is he being overly optimistic? We'll look at that next week on the Debunking Economics podcast with Professor Steve Keen. I'm Phil Dobby. I'll see you then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you've enjoyed listening to Debunking Economics, uh, even if you haven't, you might also enjoy The Y-Curve. Each week, Roger Hearing and I talk to a guest about a topic that is very much in the news that week. It's lively, it's fun, it's informative. What more could you want? So search The Y-Curve in your favourite podcast app or go to ycurve.com to listen.